And I had no idea what I was going to do when I arrived in Arizona. I was like, I want to get there. And I, I guess maybe I'll go back into medical sales. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Now here I am. I'm not in medical sales. I'm a real estate agent. I'm speaking on mental health. I have an online you know, training business that's successful. Um, and my life looks completely different, right? But because I had that reference point, I could go, wow, look how, how wrong you were. You were panicking about stuff that never happened. That's also a good thing to re realize. Like we need to be reminded that sometimes our mind, we are not all of our thoughts, just the thoughts that we choose to believe, right? So sometimes it's good for our mind to realize like, ah, I got that wrong. So maybe these fears that I'm, that I keep pushing out in the future, maybe I shouldn't be concerned about them until they actually become a reality. Welcome back to the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. I am Shelby Johnson and today I'm here with Clayton Eckerd. Clayton is a former collegiate and professional athlete who played for the Seattle Seahawks. He was a former lead on ABC's The Bachelor. He has guest appearances on Jimmy Kimmel Live with Ryan and Kelly and has been interviewed by People Magazine, Men's Health, E! News, tons of freaking stuff. He's also an advocate for fitness and mental health. On Instagram, maybe you know him from there, he has 267,000 followers, but what you might not know is that Clayton is also a Scottsdale, Arizona real estate agent. Probably the most impressive thing on that resume, right? <laughs> so today with Clayton, we're going to dig into two primary things. We're going to talk about how athletics translates into business and mental health in a crazy industry that we live in. So Clayton, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much for having me. That was, um, that was an incredible <laughs> intro. I think sometimes, I'll say it's even nice to sometimes be reminded of the things that, uh, that you've done because it's so easy to get caught up in what you're currently doing and not feeling like you're doing enough. So thank you for reminding me. I'm like, okay, I've done some stuff. I, I can give myself some grace to realize where I wanna be in the future is not, maybe here in the moment, but it, it'll come in time. Dude, that's right. Re even reading it, I was like, oh my God, I'm like nervous now. I'm going to talk to Clayton. Well, <laughs> I, will, I will say that I had a cup of coffee with the Seahawks. I feel like I have to like, the, something internal tells me every time, like I was only there for two months uh, and people are like, well, you still made it. I'm like, I just feel like I have to let you all know I was not a journeyman in the NFL. You know, I did play five years at Mizzou, but as far as the Seahawks, again, I said I was in and out like a bank robbery, but nonetheless, it was still a cool experience. Dude, super cool. You got the jersey that's, you know, check right. the block. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so let's dig into that. So, you know, I love athletes in a way that they're like hard and gritty and they are impressive no matter what you um, are interested in the world. Like most people are impressed by athletes. And so I was hoping that you could dig into your time in athletics and like the lessons you learned and how they translate into business. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I reflected upon this multiple times, especially as, as I've aged and I thought, you know, I am the way I am because of the things that I've done. And so much of my life, my identity was in football specifically. Uh, up until I was 23. But I think I started playing back in sixth grade. So I don't remember how old you are at that age, 11 years old, maybe, or whatever. So I spent, you know, 12, 13 years playing this sport and it was all that I knew and it's what, what everyone else knew me for. Um, yeah, I got played at a high level, played in college, played in, in the pros briefly. Uh, and then I had to be able to transition that into um, the, the real world, into the workforce. Uh, and I realized very quickly that I was able to find a lot of commonalities amongst individuals from all different backgrounds. 
Um, and, and that was due to my time playing football. We, as a team with 100 plus guys from all over the country, guys from different neighborhoods, different ethnicities. I mean, we had it all. It was a melting pot uh, of, of a team. And what I found is that we could all still find something similar amongst each other. Um, we just sometimes, sometimes you have to dig a little deeper, uh, but I realized that there's a way to find commonalities and a lot, and a lot of that has to come down to, well, the, dig, the deeper you dig, you realize most people just want to feel loved, respected, seen and heard and feel valued. And so, um, and everyone, a lot of people have goals and aspirations. So you can always find commonalities of like, what is it that you're pushing for? You know, what is it that you want in life? And I've had these deep conversations with people and those are beyond surface level, but you realize you build very strong connections when you are having these deep conversations. So yeah, we were playing football. Yeah, we were all put into a room and basically for five years while I was there, we were all meant to be like a cohesive unit. But then we had all, a lot of those impactful conversations were in the locker room. And that's when we would talk about life. And that's when I realized like, wait, we have a whole lot more in common than what I would have first expected. And that is the same way for the workforce. That's the same way in real estate. It's a relationship-based business. And a lot of times people will look at someone and they'll go, they'll judge a book by its cover. They'll say, I don't have anything in common with that person. You know, they look completely different than I do. They came from a different background, but that's just not entirely true. You don't know until you dig deeper. And that's what I found is like, it's translated extremely well because now I'm meeting people and just because I at face value, we don't look similar. I've actually found that some of the people that I have the closest ties to, it's because of their morals, values, and beliefs. But that's only found out through having deeper conversations. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm like, okay, I'm with you. I want to dig deeper and find these commonalities. But how? I feel like I get stuck at the surface level. I don't really know what to say or do to break through that initial barrier. Yeah. How do I do that? Yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't think you can come out the gate and just be like, Hey, what is it? What, what is, what's, what's your why? Although, I mean, that's great. I mean, that's actually probably a fair question, but you know, what, what are your morals, values, and beliefs? People are like, what? I just met you. Um, it's just, it just takes time and, repet and, and repetition or consistency trying to, you know, you're building a base. That's what it comes down to. You meet somebody, you have the introductory conversation, you get to know who they are. You get to know about their family, their life, what they're currently doing. And then you just have to be consistent with that individual follow-up follow-up. I mean, I, I know the real estate agents all, know all about the follow-up and how many times it takes to follow up with somebody and they ignore you and they ignore you and then you keep following up. But that's relationships. You have to show somebody that you're interested in them. So you're not going to get someone's business. You're not going to get someone to trust you after one conversation. You have to have multiple conversations. Check back in. You have to be able to regurgitate what they've said to you prior. Show that you've been actively listening to that individual, that you are actually hearing them and not just talking at them. Um, and so that's, you build that it's building that foundation and that's, and then eventually those conversations get deeper and deeper. Yeah. So I recently read this book. Um, I do a book club cause I'm a super nerd and one of the books was the friendship formula. Have you heard of it? I have not. No. Okay. I hadn't either. Um, but they talked about the friendship formula. There's four key components of what actually makes people friendly and it's frequency duration, proximity, and intensity. And I feel like that's kind of like what you just described, where it's like, it's not going to just come out the gate. You have to build a genuine relationship. You have to be consistent and um, continue to pursue the relationship more than just the surface level. Yes. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that when people can 
you know, really they can coin these, right? Like they take these specific words because my mind just goes crazy and I, I spew out all this stuff, but then to make it really clear and concise, I, I love that. Actually, I feel like I want to look into that further, but it's a great way to put it. Yeah. I mean, you have to be consistent over time. That's how you're going to have success in your work. That's how you're going to have success in relationships. Like you, you're, whether you're building a business, whether you're building a relationship with somebody, it takes consistency over time, right? You can't date somebody and just give, put all your effort in, in one week and then give up, right? They're going to be like, you've, you've, you were so great a week ago, or you were so great for the last two years. And all of a sudden in the last year, you've just given up, right? Consistency over time. You want to have success in life. That's the formula. Speaking of dating, you know, someone, I might, I instantly go to the fact that you were the bachelor and I'm like dying to know what happened behind the scenes. We won't go there yet. If we have time, I'm going to hit you up and ask you at the end. Something else for the sports analogy. Um, what would you say like with work ethic or reps, like did any of that translate over? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what I think so great about sports uh, is that there's there's winners and losers, and that's fine because that's life, right? There's peaks and valleys. That's that's how life goes. Sometimes you're on top of the world. I.e., you know, there was uh, a year that we were tw- in 2013. We were the Cotton Bowl champions. We were ranked number five in the nation, and it felt we were we felt like you could not beat us. I mean, we would have loved to be number one overall, but we're like, man, we had a really great season. Uh, the prior year, I think we went five and seven. So we missed a bowl game, if I'm not mistaken, or we might've made one, I can't remember exactly, but uh, we were basically at the bottom. So you had these peaks and these valleys, but what sports taught me was that just because you fail doesn't make you a failure, right? Or you can say just because you lose doesn't make you a loser. It's the same thing. Um, You only become that when you believe yourself to be that. But what I loved about sports was like, you can fail, but you can get back up. You got got another game. Uh, They would say in, in football, we had this phrase, park and refocus. So when you were within the game itself and you had a bad play, um, instead of, you know, a lot of times people will go back and think about, oh my gosh, I messed up. Like, and they'll get in their head and they'll get in this negative spiral of, of thoughts. And then basically they can't perform because all they're doing is they're in their, they're in their head thinking about what's happened in the past. So we had this phrase, park and refocus, stop, refocus and look ahead at the next play, which that's, again, I use that in my day to day. Now, if something goes wrong, I'm like, it went wrong. I can't fix it. It's over. All I can do is park it, refocus, and look ahead as to how, what I can do now moving forward. And what, what did I learn from the past that I just made the same mistake? I was always told, if you don't make the same mistake twice, you're okay. You're going to fail. I was told that in medical sales uh, by my former coworker. He's like, just don't make the same mistake twice. You're going you're gonna, to you're, you're gonna mess up. But just keep doing the same things and learning. And then as long as you're not doing the same thing wrong three times, then I'm happy. We're good. Quick pause. Are you looking for new ways to lead generate? Aaron built his own software to generate off-market seller leads and just released a version for you. PropHawk is the most efficient and least expensive software out there designed to get you talking to sellers within minutes. With all the data of PropStream, the CRM power of InvestorFuse, and texting capabilities of Launch Control, you can get everything in one system for a fraction of the price of those others. Your investment is just 20 bucks a month and includes an hour-long free free onboarding call so you start talking with sellers today. Go to prophawk.com and sign up. Now, back to the show. The park and refocus is freaking awesome. Um, I, I say the one where it's be a rain jacket, not a sponge. It's like almost the same, not quite, but it's like basically 
let it slide right out you off you don't let it absorb into your soul and sit there so it's the same concept where it's like if you spend all that time dwelling on the past you're not spending that energy focusing on what you need to be doing now and into the future yeah yeah absolutely I mean, it's a matter of presence i've found that to be big in my life as recently it's like the word i repeat the most in a day it's like i just want to be present because if I'm in my head thinking about the past or fear of the future, then I'm going to be just trailing off as someone's talking to me and I'll be missing out on all that present information that they're giving me because I'm just so focused. Like we do this all the time. We think about what am I going to say to this person? Like they start talking, we hear the first thing they say and we start planning our response and then we miss out on everything after that. And it's like, that's, that's the power of presence is like, or the lack of it is you can miss out on so much if you're not there in that moment. And a lot of us, I think, struggle with that. Where did you learn this stuff? I have went on a deep um, self-improvement journey in the last two years. And it was really the catalyst was going on The Bachelor. Um, all of my insecurities and weaknesses were thrown out there for everybody to see. Um, and at first, my ego, because we all have an ego, it's, it's, it's there for good and bad. It protects you, but it also sometimes can get in the way. And and uh, you, you can defend yourself to a point where you back when you're backed into a corner and you start to lash out at others. Well, that's what I did. Basically, my weaknesses came out, um, were a full, on full display, and then I felt backed into a corner and my ego was trying to fight, fight. I was going on podcasts. I was like explaining myself, explaining, explaining, explaining. And then I read a comment one day online and it changed my life. It's crazy how one conversation or one comment can change everything. And it, the person said, I hear what Clayton's saying and I'm not, it's not that I don't understand where he's coming from, but he continues to try to explain why he did what he did instead of just take accountability for the people that he hurt. And that just hit me hard. Like it was like a sack of bricks just hit me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like all I have to do is just take accountability. No matter like, even if my, you know, it's, it's the perception versus reality, but it's, it's my intentions versus, you know, perceptions. Like I intended to treat someone a certain way, but they perceived my actions and it hurt them. And so they, they took it a certain way and that caused pain. It caused pain regardless of what my intentions were. I was so busy trying to explain my intentions that I couldn't just take accountability for the fact that I hurt somebody regardless of what my intentions were. I was, so that was a powerful moment. And I, I was like, wow, um, I need to focus on more so just Again, understanding that I live in my own reality, but other people live in their own reality. And their perception is what matters, especially when I'm talking to them. And if I care about them, I need to focus more on their perception than my own perception, or at least give them equal weight. It's so true in real estate too, where it's like, and I think this way a lot, where it doesn't matter what I want or what I say, all that matters is how the other person is receiving that information. And yes. it's, our, it's our job really, you know, whether it be in life or whether it be in real estate to be the chameleon and to identify how the other person intakes information and needs to be, you know, guided through whatever situation. And then it's our job to adjust mm -hmm. to that person. Yes. Absolutely. I can think back to a couple of deals I've done in the past where something that didn't seem like a big deal to me was a big deal to them. But what I did was I, 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 I saw, heard what they said. Or I was listening to what they were saying. I could see how they were reacting. And I go, okay, this is a big deal to them. Therefore, now I should treat it as, it's, as if it's a big deal. Because the issue is if I blow it off and go, I, yeah, man, to be honest with you, I think you're overreacting. Like it's, it's, not, it's not as big of a deal as you think it is. Well, now I'm discrediting their viewpoint, right? 
And in a relationship business, you think you're going to keep clientele around when you're discrediting their, their, their perceptions? No, like you, you, it's not that you need to be fake, but if something's important to that individual, then make it important to you too. And then try to find a way if you're like, maybe sometimes people, some people get emotional, right? Like buying a house is one of the most emotional things that, that I think you could ever do. It's a massive investment. And that person is going to end up or family or whatever is going to move into that house and they're going to build their life within those walls, right? There's a lot at stake. So it's in a very emotional buy, right? Everything has to be perfect in their eyes. And so the thing is, is like, it doesn't matter what we think. Like we have to be able to treat our customer, our client with respect and say, okay, if this is important to them, then it's important, right? And and if they say, I want to, you know, the, the deal is hinging upon this contingency and you're like, this whole deal is going to fall through. For, like, I need to convince this person out of it. No, it's like, go to the other agent and say, hey, this is what they really want. Even if you think it's a ridiculous contingency, it's like you're representing them, right? And it's not for you to decide what is, in my opinion, at least, it's not for you to decide what's valid and what's not, right? Like you're dealing with these clients and everyone's a little different and you have to give them all, you know, you have to show them like, hey. I'm here to represent you, right? I'm not here to challenge you, um, at least, and, and, and tell you you're wrong. I'm here to understand you. That's what it's all about. Not about right or wrong. It's about understanding. Okay, so you have this, you have this like kind of rock bottom moment, you know, through the Bachelor. It exposed yourself to literally everyone, so many people, completely vulnerable. You're trying to defend yourself, and then you read this comment online, and it like hits you hard. So what do you do after that? Let's say that someone else is realizing that they are not taking accountability for their actions. Like were there books or podcasts or what did you do? Oh man. Yeah. So I, I wrote a book myself. Um, I wrote it for really for me. Uh, it's called 180 degrees. Um, and it's really, it was my journey again, 180, why 180 degrees? Well, I was in a place of self-doubt. I was walking down this path of self-doubt. Um, but then I was able to reorient myself to a place of self-love and self-confidence, right? So basically walking down one path, 180 degrees opposite direction, walking down this path of self-love and self-confidence. But how I got there, um, you know, I, I found that like, yeah, certainly I can recommend books. I can recommend podcasts. And I do. I mean, there's uh, Jay Shetty has the number one mental health podcast in the world. Um, it's called On Purpose. And that one, I was a sponge. I'd listen to all of his episodes because he brings on incredible thought leaders in their industries. Um, and so I just was, I was listening to podcasts a day. That was my goal was like, let me listen to one a day. And I did that for, I think a year. Um, he has so many episodes that you could, you could listen to one a day. And I think you'd still be listening to him years later. So, uh, and he comes out with them so consistently. So that's somebody that I would say like, here's a guy, another one, Huberman, Huberman Labs, Andrew Huberman. Uh, he takes a more science-based approach. Like he, he, not that uh, Jay Shetty doesn't, but like Andrew Huberman, like really talks about the science behind um, all these different things, the mind, body. And so I, it's a combination. I'm like, I want to know about mind and body because they work hand in hand. Beyond that though, um, my book, I outlined it the way that I did because I, um, I realized that for everybody, their journey is different. So in order to get to a place of realizations uh, or self-realization and self-improvement, I had these, like, I had uh, the six pillars in my book. I broke them down 30 degrees at a time. So six times 30, 180. Um, but I felt that these, you have to build off of these pillars, right? And, and I put the first ones first because they're the ones you can do right away. Communication is number one. 
communication, you want to change your life, you got to start talking about it. You got to start having these conversations, even with yourself, right? That's where mindfulness comes in. But if you want to change something, you have to first be aware of it. And then you have to have the willingness to want to change. Um, but in order to become aware of something, you have to have that thought or you have to have a conversation. So communication is number one. Then I had number two was just education. And again, I, I kept these I, specific, but not so specific where it's like, here's the, you know, the five steps of education, because I, I know that for everybody, they're going to find something different in, in the education, you know, pillar that, that works for them versus me. So I think, but this, after communication, you got to start doing the, you know, digging online on Google and start looking for resources and whatever you find interesting, just go out there and search for it. Um, and then beyond that, I have, you know, the, the next steps are preparation, you know, starting to put, put a plan in place to build upon the communication, what you've learned from communication and what you've learned from educating yourself. Now you're putting a plan in place. This next step is determination. That's the consistency part. You got to start doing it consistently. You can't expect to change your life in a week, right? Uh, or your mindset in a week or even a year. Um, it's going to take time. Uh, and then the fifth one was congregation. I believe you have to have a support system around you in life because sometimes life gets so challenging to the point where you, your mind overtakes itself. Your ego is talk, screaming at you and you feel like you're failing. You got to have a good support system to pull you out uh, in those moments where you know, life seems like it becomes too much, right? And they, they'll remind you of who you truly are. So having that congregation and then realization is step number six. I think that's where all the previous pillars will lead you to a place of realization where you're like, oh my gosh, this is where you see the mindset shifts. This is where you come to terms with why you are who you are, but you have to enact those five previous ones in order to get to a place of realization. Real quick, before we get back to the episode, two things I wanted to share. First, thank you so much for tuning in week after week. It really means the world to all of us. Second, we feel like we're just getting started. If you enjoy what we do here, please follow us on this app, share an episode, or give us a quick review. I promise we're working hard behind the scenes to make this show as good as possible now and into the future. Thanks guys, back to the show. I want to go to preparation. You know, let's say you are aware and you have the communication with yourself and you've educated yourself and you're like, I want to put a plan in place. What can you tell us a little bit more about that step? Yeah. So again, um, I'll be specific with my own story. Um, but, but I also like to just say like, you know, Hey, this, this could be look differently for somebody else. Um, but for me, I realized that, okay, I want to I want to be able to try to see life through a new lens or just be able to understand different perspectives other than my own, you know? So establishing, what is this goal? It's like, Oh, I want to have a deeper insight into the world around me. And so I, I said, okay, um, I need to start having conversations with people, right? That's the communication, the education. I, I was going online, but then I'm like, okay, now I need to be able to establish this plan to do it consistently. So I started my biggest thing. I'm a scheduler. So I, when you put it in a schedule, I think you're more likely to do it. So I started time blocking my schedule and my iCal on my phone, right? I just went to my calendar app. Um, that, well, that comes with the iPhone itself. And I started to say, okay, I'm going to, where in my day can I put this one hour podcast? So I'm going to block off time for the one hour podcast. When am I going to, okay, what are the other things I have to do in my life? Well, I'm also a real estate agent. Okay. So let me block off, you know, I would at least block off three hours, if not more. Again, I, I, I should say this so everyone knows I'm not 
technically a full-time real estate agent. I do other things. Um, so should you be doing more than three hours a day? Yeah. I mean, it varies. Sometimes I'll do eight hours. It just, but, but I at least blocked a time where I'm like, you're going to at least at the very least do something every single day. Then I had my, you know, um, mental health advocacy, you know, building upon that. Then I had time blocked for my fitness and nutrition coaching with my clients at the time I had like 70 or 80 clients online. Um, so I was blocking this all out and then that would ensure that whenever these notifications went off, I'm like, okay, switch gears. Now you're going to focus on this switch gears. Now you're going to focus on this. Um, so I think that's a really like for someone that's like, where, you know, how do I put a plan in place? Build it out ahead of time, sit down on a Sunday. I would always usually do this on this. I do this on a Sunday because I plan for the entire week. So I sit down on my Sunday and I give myself an hour to basically plan out my entire week. What am I doing this week? I'll look at my schedule, what's already in there. And then where's my free time and where can I add stuff? It's a good starting point. Okay. So you have your on purpose podcast. You say Jay Petty. Is that correct? Jay Shetty. Shetty. Okay. Gotcha. And then Huberman, which I like that one. That's awesome. Um, and then, so at this point you kind of have those people that you're listening to on a consistent basis. And did you have to change your group of friends? Did you have to change your environment in order to put yourself in the right headspace? Man, that's a good question. Um, I almost feel like it's so yes, the answer is yes. Um, you know, it was tough because I realized I started to grow beyond certain relationships. Um, it's not that it's not that I became, I just became what I was looking for and what they were looking for became too different. Um, so like while my prior, some of my prior relationships, we worked really well because we had, we had similar commonalities and interests. Um, but what I found was I, as I went on this mental health journey, I started finding a different crowd. And then I started wanting to be around that crowd more than my old crowd because my old crowd didn't care to have those conversations. I tried, I tried to bring it up with them about mindfulness and they just said, Oh, that, that Hollywood stuff. Yeah, whatever. Like that's, that's that woo woo stuff that you're talking about. How, you know, the bachelor world got to you and they would kind of discredit it, you know, and, and I don't think they were being mean about it. They just didn't have any interest. And so I found myself not wanting to really be around them as much. I was like, you're, I just don't get value out of our conversations. Like I do with this group over here. That's like super into that topic. So yeah, I changed my um, environment and I, it's like, you know, you heard that people hear the saying you are who you surround yourself with. And it's very true. I, I, I can attest to that. I, my group has changed. I still have, you know, my family, friends, my loved ones, but I know when I want to have a deep conversation, I can go to some of them, but now I have different people that I can go to when I want to get to that point. I'm listening and I'm like, yes, I know that the people I surround myself with are not the ones that I ha- want to have certain either business conversations or self-development and grow into the person that I want to be. I'm just not around those type of people. How do I find the right people? Yeah, go. I love that you asked that question because I was, as you were posing that uh, question, I started thinking about what's a big, what's important for me when I'm, when I'm screening these individuals, quote unquote screening, you know, what, what am I looking for? And it's experience. Um, You know, you, if you were wanting to put out a fire, you wouldn't ask a lawyer how to put out a fire. You would ask a firefighter. So um, first off, you got to figure out who is it that I want to be around, right? Like what's the demographic, like what's the profession? Okay. Now I got to think like them, where do they hang out? Right? So this is where you do a deep dive. It's like, okay, you want to find like in real estate, you want to find, you know, the, the clientele that, that had, that's buying the multi multi-million dollar listings. 
Um, they're going to be hanging out. They're probably going to have, you know, if they're buying nice houses up in that price point, they're probably going to have nice cars. They're, you know, so so you could probably find car events that they're going to they're going to show up at. Um, they might be collectors of watches, so maybe you're going to go, you know, find out like where if where these collectors are hanging out at. So that's where Google's great because you can just start googling these things and uncovering where these individuals are. Um, what am I googling to find huh? friends who like self development? What am I googling? Friends yeah, I, who think like me. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I so for me, um, I found that like for for self improvement, um, like Jay Shetty, his podcast, right? Like I found that okay, he has a podcast. He also has an Instagram, so I would go on his Instagram. Well, I knew that obviously, if I'm interested in him people that are also interested in him are going to also go to his Instagram. So then I started clicking in the comments. I started seeing the guests he was bringing on and then I would click their Instagram profiles. And then I would see what they're, who they followed and who they talked to. And I would find that there was this web of like-minded individuals that were kind of all going on each other's podcasts. Um, but there, but then you start to see people in the comments that are commenting often. You're like that individual must be, you know, like they're clearly into the self-improvement because I see them commenting on multiple people's, um, you know, different influencers pages. It's kind of like stalking, but it's, but I think that's, that's how you can find it. It's like nowadays, everything is so public with social media. Um, but you just find out who's this person that I look up to, or I like and listen to. And then you can typically find out who's following them or who's all around their circle very easy with social media. And then just slide into their DMS. And then we loop it all the way back to what you said in the beginning. And we start that relationship building. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I don't want to stop, make this sound creepy, but like, let's say you follow somebody and your, your intention is you just want to get within that circle, but you don't have a single connection, right? Like you're like, I have no idea where that, like, where, where, like who I can get in within this circle, but, but they're posting on social media and they're like, Oh, I'm going to this car event you know, in, in a week or see me at this conference, you know, I'm going to be speaking at this conference in a month, buy a ticket and go to the conference. You're going to be in the same room with that individual. And then you can go up to them at that event and, and, and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, whatever, right. That's when you can have that first initial conversation with that person. And then like, you know, maybe you hit it off right out the gate or maybe they're like, Hey, it was so great talking to you. And then they go, they speak at another event. You go to another event and, and it's like, you know, then that you they see you again, they go, oh, hey, I remember you from last time, right? Obviously, don't make it creepy. You don't be like, I'm following you. I've gone to all your last 10 events, right? But like, I think that, again, people post whatever they post online. If you know someone somewhere, you don't have an in, go to that event and go say hello to them. I've had people come up to me and I'm not like, you know, just because of my time on TV. But um, what do I know if they, you know, went to that event for me only or for something else, who knows, who cares? They didn't tell me that they just said, Hey, oh, I like everything you're doing in mental health and all this. And, and we had a good conversation and I walked out of there. I'm like, Oh, the person's cool. And then I saw them at a later event. I went up and talked to them myself. I was like, Hey, what's going on? So yeah, that's how you can do it. Um, I did this exact same strategy, but I yeah. hadn't like, I didn't know that I was doing it. You just verbalized it in a way I'm where I'm like, Oh, that's like an actual technique. But back in 20, 2018 was my first year in real estate and 2019, I was like swinging, like I was doing all the things, going to all the events. And I was really into real estate investing at that time. So bigger pockets, do you know about bigger pockets? Yep. Yeah. yeah so that. bigger pockets, it was like the thing, you know, and 2019 was their first year as a conference and I went and then I went to FinCon that year and there was a bigger pockets crew at each event. And then I went to bigger pockets every year after that, along with all of the other little real estate events. And it wasn't, it was in October of 2020 where I hadn't even been in real estate that long. I mean, I'd done a lot of, 
you know, things by that point, which was great. But I got to be on the Bigger Pockets podcast, which is like a really, really big podcast. And people are like, how did you do that? Like you do what? And I'm like, well, really it's because of conferences from showing up with that frequency, the duration, those lists of things in the beginning, which are get around people while doing something that's, you know, an authentic fit to your personality that shares your interest in a consistent manner. And if you continue to do that by the third freaking event, they were like, Oh, Hey Shelby, what's up? Come over here. And I'm like, Oh my God, who me? You know what I mean? So I love what's important too. You you mentioned it just now authenticity. Um, If you have, you know, I, I think everyone has a sense of selfish motives, right? Like that's what drives us. Like we all want certain things in life. But if you're authentically just trying to better yourself, people see that. Now, if, if someone sees that you're just trying to make a quick buck on them, like those individuals will sniff that out as well. In your case, like you were just wanting to learn from these great minds. And so you're like, I want to be around them. And they saw that genuine passion and authenticity. And then they let their guard down They're like, oh, she's harmless. Right. But I've had people that they do show up to events that I go to. Um, but they're looking for something out of me and they're like, Oh, let's, let's snap a quick picture. And they post on their social media. Look who I'm with. Right. It's a status thing for them. Right. And right. And like people sniff that out that have experience and they go, mm, that's not someone I want to be with. But when you have a genuine curiosity to learn and authenticity about yourself, um, you maybe, maybe you don't hit it off the first time, but like you said, the third time, there you go. You're like, what the heck? I'm in, I'm in this group all of a sudden after three times, but that's because you were consistent. You showed up and eventually they welcomed you in. So I, um, I have this thing called pints and properties. It's a real estate meetup that we do. And I tell newbies the first time they come up, they're like, Hey, you know, I want to get into real estate or I want to be in real estate investing. And I'm like, um, come back, you know, for the next six months. And by month six, if you're still here and you're still interested, dude, I will pour everything I got into you and we can build this, you know, the whole thing. But the thing is, People don't, they come once, they come maybe twice, and then they they peter up, you know? And so it is about that continuing to show up. And once you do that, it's amazing how many people just fall off by not continuing to show up. Yeah. I believe that's a tactic that a lot of successful individuals implement because they're also protecting their time. They're like, I'm not going to pour into somebody that showed up twice. I want to know that they want it badly enough. And there will be that person that's sitting there at the end of six months that's still showing up because they just, they feel there's so much value there. And that's the person that that successful individual, because their time is valuable, right? Like they built their success. So all of a sudden, like you're still sitting here after six months, you saw this room go from a hundred people down to one, you're still here. Now I'm going to teach you everything I know. I'm going to take you under my wing. They'll probably make you, you know, they'll become your mentor and you're, then you're, that is in, that is priceless at that point. But there's a weed out, you know, method where people are like, I want to see if this person's for real. Um, and so I've seen that the higher up I climb, the more successful individuals, um, you know, again, if they talked, if they gave everybody 20 minutes in a day that came up and talked to them, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have enough time to talk to everybody. They'd run out of time to be, to do anything productive. So I've understand that sometimes when people are very brief, it's like, okay, it's not, they're not being rude. They just right now are being brief with me because they don't see, they don't know whether or not I'm someone that they want to spend time with or not. Right. And so it's like that. Don't take offense to that. Just go, okay, that's where I'm at today. Maybe the next day that, you know, or the next time you see them, they give you another additional two minutes. That's a win. Even if you're like, oh, it was only a four minute conversation. Well, the first time it was a 30 second one, right? That's progress. Progress is progress, no matter how small it is. So I think it's just like being understanding these individuals, like they can't pour in everybody. So, you know, you have to show them that you're worth pouring into. 
quick word on our toolbox. We know it can be overwhelming thinking about all of the systems you want to build into your business, and that is why we ask guests to submit their favorite checklist, template, or tracker so you don't have to build from the ground up. Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and click Toolbox for your free access. Thanks so much. Okay, so you wrote this book called 180 Degrees. Listeners, go check it out if you haven't already. Um, you also are speaking on mental health. Is that on like the same subject? Are you going in on like a book tour or what does that piece look like? Not a book tour, yeah, no. I just, uh, I talk about really, my goal is to destigmatize the conversations around mental health. So um, a big one that I've been hammering on, and it's it's interesting because if someone asks me, well, what do you speak on? It's like, well, it really changes because I change on a, on a daily or weekly basis, right? Like, um, but what right now, what I'm really hinging on and the conversations I'm having, uh, I'm targeting like middle school, high school, college age kids. Uh, and we're talking about the effects of childhood trauma um, on, you know, uh, you know, pres- like adults, like how that can carry into your adulthood uh, later in life. Now, again, I'm not a therapist, but I, I share my story because I found I was able to find the correlation between seventh grade mental health struggles and my 28 year old self. And there was there was a direct tie. And so by me sharing my story, I hope to show that, hey, I can be transparent and vulnerable, but that doesn't make me weaker for being able to talk about my insecurities and weaknesses. In fact, it makes me you know, stronger because I'm able to put that out there and say, yeah, this is what I struggle with. But you know, how strong of a person do you have to be to be able to basically sh- showcase your weaknesses to others, right? And I, um, I actually recently, the words matter. Um, I say weakness, but um, I've been told that like areas of opportunity right? Like the words we tell ourselves, they make a difference on how our mind processes them. So I'm still trying to work on these things with the, with, with self-talk that I have, but like not calling it a weakness, calling it an area of opportunity, right? That's a more positive spin. And I can, and when you start to change the way your, your positive self-talk, how you think about yourself internally is how you'll project the way that you feel externally. Right. So it starts from within. Um, and I think that's, again, like, it's all a part of the process, man. It's, 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 it's just, so I try to just have these conversations when I go out and speak and just give people like a, a starting point. Hey, this is, this is my story and this is how I got to where I was at. Maybe you can walk away from this, my story now and go, okay, I'm going to start taking a look back at my story. When, if listeners, if you're out there and you're about to start this self-development journey, which by the way, I'm obsessed with this stuff. Like I have also been on this journey since 2018 and I do miracle board. I do my routine every morning with all of my little freaking things. Um, but one thing I would say is, um, try, try not to you, to the listeners, if you are thinking about doing this, like just writing down just a little bit. I know people talk about journaling and sometimes it seems like this overwhelming thing where it's like, oh God, what do I even write about? But what I found is so cool is on the mornings where I'm like, not really sure, oh, what do I need to be doing this morning, whatever. I pull up one of my old notebooks where I just have jotted down thoughts or where I am in the process along with the date. And it is so cool to look back and realize that those, just like you did, you did, you know, you said a weakness and right there you spot corrected it and you said areas of opportunity. And that little training, you know, over time just becomes a part of you. And then you look back a couple of years ago and you're like, wow dude, look at how far. And then it's like this inspirational energy filling thing. And you want to just take on the future. Yeah. It's, it's a reference point is what it is. Right. And I I've done the same thing. I've journaled and I've read, I have a journal from my time on the show, which was two years ago. 
at this point. And so I'll go back sometimes and I'll read it. And the language that I'm using is different. And what it does is I'm able to take the reference point from two years ago, i.e. that journal and present day me, and I can see the growth through the difference in mindset. The things that I was concerned about that I was writing down are no longer concerns. I did a, a, uh, an audio recording when I was driving cross country from Virginia Beach after my ex and I broke up. I drove from Virginia Beach to, to Arizona. So I had a lot of time in the car, 33 hours. And I basically turned my phone on record and I just uh, audio and I just started talking about what the next chapter of my life, what my fears were, what I thought was going to happen, where I'm currently at mentally. And I just happened to stumble upon that audio message uh, a week ago. And I had no idea what I was going to do when I arrived in Arizona. I was like, I want to get there. And I, I guess maybe I'll go back into medical sales. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Now, here I am. I'm not in medical sales. I'm a real estate agent. I'm speaking on mental health. I have an online you know, training business that's successful. Um, and my life looks completely different, right? But because I had that reference point, I could go, wow, look how, how wrong you were. You were panicking about stuff that never happened. That's also a good thing to re realize. Like we need to be reminded that sometimes our mind, we are not all of our thoughts, just the thoughts that we choose to believe, right? So sometimes it's good for our mind to realize like, ah, I got that wrong. So maybe these fears that I'm, that I keep pushing out in the future, maybe I shouldn't be concerned about them until they actually become a reality. Oh, it's so good. I was listening to Ryan Holiday on a podcast the other day, which one was it? I think it was Diary of a CEO. Um, and yeah, I, I follow both <laughs> Ryan Holiday and I, I follow the diary of CEO. Well. And I actually, I can't remember if it was actually on that. So I might've screwed it up, but anyway, I had, you know, I've read Ryan Holiday's ego is the enemy and the obstacle is the way. And, you know, been like reading him, the daily stoic. Um, but I'd never listened to him before that podcast. And I thought it, it ties to what you were just saying about like, you know, he was talking about pulling yourself out and asking yourself, does this actually matter? Because most of the time it doesn't actually matter. And we're like all spun up and in, you know, high emotions and so much energy being poured into things that if you just like zoom out, you're like, nope, this, am I dying? Are my relationships burning to the ground? Nope. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, another way I heard it, uh, is, when you're in an uncomfortable position, it's probably because you lack just a skill set or you lack some type of understanding or some, un, you know, you're in a, it's unfamiliar to you. But it's important when you're in that place of discomfort to ask yourself, am I truly in physical or emotional danger or am I just uncomfortable? Right. Like a lot of times we'll just go, oop, this feels weird. I'm going to get out of here. Right. Like I don't like this. So I, I, whenever I first started dancing, I uh, hip hop dance now. It's like one of my favorite hobbies. Um, the first day that I walked in, uh, it was supposed to be a beginner's class. And there were people that were very advanced that were in the beginner's class. The first five minutes, my mind's like, go run, like, get out of here, go home, go home, go home. This is going to be embarrassing. And then I stepped back. I said, am I any physical and emotional danger? No, I'm just uncomfortable. Stay, stick it through. And then by the end of like that hour, those, those, those advanced people, we, we had to do a routine. I was like, well, now they're going to laugh at me, you know, because like they're so good. And they were my biggest hype men. They were cheering on every one of us. And we were clearly leaps and bounds behind them. But that's when it, it hit me. I'm like, again, you got to pull yourself out sometimes. Your brain wants to freak you out and think that you're in worst case scenario land. But I always like now, whenever I'm in a place of discomfort, I always ask that question, am I in danger or am I just uncomfortable? And then if I'm in danger, I get out. <laughs> you know, if I'm uncomfortable, then I stay. Dude, so cool. It is funny, the hip hop thing. I 
you know, I stalked you before this and I was like on your Instagram page, I was like, damn, with the hip hop. <laughs> it's very cool. Everyone, you should go check it out. It's Clayton Eckerd on the gram. Definitely go and follow him. Um, Clayton, what did we not talk about today that you would like to talk about or share? Yeah. I mean, I think, okay, let me, let me think. I want I feel like uh, there's so much I can talk about. And I feel like we covered a lot of great things. Um, I'm just going to maybe share something that's just pressing um, that I think would be good for people. So something that that, that was like, um, that really helped me recently. Uh, I think that we're in a world of comparison culture, social media. Um, like we're always looking at people's lives and we're seeing the best versions of their lives, right? That's what social media is. It's a highlight reel. Um, and a lot of times we're fearful. We don't take action because we're fearful of what we think others are going to think of us if we do it. It's not be like, there's a lot of things I think people want to do, but they don't do it because they're fearful of judgment from others. Um, and I, ha- I heard recently, it was a really, it was in a Jay Shetty podcast and it was with Tom Holland. I think he's the actor from Spider-Man. Um, and I just want to share this. I think it's so cool. It's like, because a lot of times we are so fearful of what others think. And so to combat that, he said, you know how I approached this, or I heard this once from somebody else, um, that if someone that doesn't like me, or if you have a problem with me, then you know, call my phone or text me and let me know. But if you don't have my phone phone number, then you don't know me well enough to have a problem with me. That wasn't verbatim, but like that was the thought process behind it. And I think that's Good. so powerful because I took that to heart and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the things that I want to do because all the people that have my phone number support my dancing, support the fact that I got my hair perm, support all these little fun things that I am doing. All the people that are the naysayers that are telling me I'm embarrassing myself and I need to stop, they don't have my phone number. So they don't know me well enough to judge me. So their opinions don't matter. So I would like, I wanted to share that because I think a lot of people don't take action on things because of what they think others are going to think. And it's like, ask yourself, the people that you're fearful of judging you, do they actually know you? And if they do, well, then maybe give it a second thought. If they don't know you, then, then let, that, let that be the last thought you have. One quick wrap-up wrap question. Um, what events are you going to this year? Oh, man. Uh, I, live, I live, you know, week by week. I mean, my schedule packs out. Uh, I don't have any, at the, when you say, like, events, just could it be, like, like, any, like, like, like... I was thinking, like, of course, real estate, but also, yeah. like, self-development type of things or really anything at this point. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I wish I had a good answer, but I don't really have anything on the map right now. That's a question that I'll just have to say. I... Uh, I plan my life really by the weeks. Um, and so there's nothing that's like coming up months ahead, uh, that I have. Um, currently I'm doing a lot of self-improvement just through again, like my self-education. Uh, but, but yes, nothing on the boards right now. Gotcha. Okay. People out there, they are dying to see your hip hop dancing. They want to go and they want to hear your story, which I would, I wish we had more time. I was going to ask you to share your story on here, but it'll be, you know, uh, save it for another day. Um, they want to do that. And people want to send you referrals to Scottsdale, Arizona. Where, where's the best place for them to reach out? Yeah, I I make it really easy for everyone and myself. Uh, I just funnel everything through my Instagram. So, uh, people, if they want to send me referrals, you can go to my Instagram and there's an email button and you click on that email and that goes directly to my inbox, which is monitored by me, not anybody else. Um, so that's how you can send me referrals is I, I read emails all day. Um, and they can send me it by just clicking on my Instagram profile Perfect. or if you don't have Instagram, if you're not 
to that point, if you're like, you know, again, I didn't have an Instagram two years ago. I got on board late. You can also go to ClaytonEcker.com um, and you can find a way to contact me through there as well. That's my website. Dude, I bounce back and forth. Like, so I've had an Instagram for years, but I go one day, I'm like, digital minimalism, never want to look at my phone, you know, put it down. And then the next day, I'm like, must have social media to build, you know, not only the brand, but also all the opportunities that you even talked about. It's like you built your entire new circle through Instagram. So I'm just like on like a freaking teeter totter over here. <laughs> yeah. You got the teeter totter is the balance between what's good for you and your mental health. What can you handle that balance? Right. Um, that's again, that's a deep dive into another conversation, but everyone has to find out like so Instagram, social media should be a tool. Um, I've had it rule my life before and I was most miserable when I spent the most time on it. So you got to find that balance of what's productive. And then when you realize you're just scrolling mindlessly on Instagram, that's not productive. That's when you need to get off line, but there is oh, Instagram and all these social medias allow a better sense of greater sense of connection. You can connect with anybody in the world and that's pretty incredible. That's so cool. Okay. Well, listeners, you know where to go to connect with Clayton. And if you want to hang out with me, I am the Shelby show on Instagram and please go and hang out with Aaron Amuchastegui, the owner of the show. Super cool dude. The most cool ever. And guys, that is all we have for today. Clayton, thank you so much for coming on the show. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.